Mutual presents Art Obler's Plays. The Mutual Broadcasting System has the pleasure of presenting the 13th broadcast of a special 26-week series of plays by radio playwright Art Obler. In this series, we hope to bring you dramas full of the excitement and the meaning of plays told in relation to the expanding world we live in. Our children has something to tell you about tonight's play. Last week, we told you tonight would bring you a comedy about the big shots, the holy moguls of our world. Well, that play just didn't lie. Instead, here, and with much pleasure in the bringing, is that fine character actor, Morris Karnowski, in a play about Dr. Bluff. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, crazy. No. I can't keep on talking like this. But I must, I must. Just thinking things in your head isn't enough. You've got to talk and put them to words, give them the words. How could so much happen in these two hours? Yes, it's only two hours. Twelve o'clock and it started at ten. Now it's twelve. A minute two. No, twelve. Exactly two hours. So much. So much in two hours. Yes, better to talk out loud. Talk out for two hours. How was it? At ten, I came into my office. Private door. Miss Cooper said... Good morning, Doctor. Just as always. Good morning, Doctor. Just as always. The reception room filled. Ah, everything fine. In my private office, chrome, tile, walnut furniture. Five thousand dollars cash is costing. Dr. Doctor, you can't Dr. Doctor. The funny doctor's office is in all America. I sat down in my office... I remember I buzzed Miss Cooper. Yes, Dr. Gordon. I said, And what little gems of sickness have you today, Miss Cooper? Quite a full morning, Doctor. Mrs. Smith Warren, Mrs. Esther Lawrence, utility Lawrence. Three brand new patients, including a passing tour, Mrs. Cordes on the bar. Oh, you can go to bed. You told her to come back in two weeks. What's the fun talking about this patient, that patient? All at once. Yes. I heard another voice in the room. There was only Miss Cooper, and yet I heard another voice. You're looking smart, you usual, Dr. Black. Miss Cooper! How did the doctor? No. He said something. What? Why, yes, of course. He's telling you about the patient. He said something else. He did. No, no, doctor. I, I heard. He's telling you about the patient. I heard. Really, I didn't say anything. I talked about it. The test was so vigorously convincing that a girl. Still saying that's what I thought. Good morning, Dr. Block. I heard it so clearly. Well, no matter. The first patient? Dr. Drayton, dear, dear, Dr. Drayton, you must help me listen to my, my heart is palpitating again. I know it, I know it. Different, it's different, the palpitations. I hear them. I feel them. Like this infernal woman talking, talking. And while she was talking, suddenly I heard so clearly. I'm drinking too much. You drink, Dr. Drayton. No, it's the cash you want, not drink. Well, you don't get cash from me. A check, and that's no good until Joe comes through with that alimony. Maybe I won't pay you at all. Then it's just a trip. Need a trip. Amen. Jump to my feet. Slam the bell. What? What is it, Dr. Gordon? 
No one in the room but you. The doctor got me words wrong. I heard you. Yes, while you were talking. Doctor, what on earth is No one here but you and I. No one. Oh, doctor, that's in my heart. You can't go on. I heard it most distinctly. While she'd been talking, another voice talking. Her voice. No, not quite like her voice. And yet her voice. I, I got rid of her somehow. Another patient? Yes, yes, I'm back, Doctor. After that, the closest thing you sent me, I said he'd come back, but here I am. You know, examine me. Mrs. Smith, Warren, old crow, took me for living too long. Started to examine. And then I heard. Oh, good. Again, another voice. Oh, good, Father. Was sitting there, not talking, and yet I heard. Yes, it's wrong, Doctor. Her lips weren't moving. Just like your hands. But I was hearing. Oh, hands like hands. Brown what was in her mind? What she was thinking? What she was thinking? That was it. That voice, the thoughts in her mind. That was it. The other voice is thoughts in the minds of the others. That's what I heard. It was incredible. Impossible. The thoughts in the mind of another was I losing my mind. I remember I called the nurse back. She came into the room. As she came closer to the desk, I heard. All right. What's the trouble now, Dr. Black? He hadn't said a word, and yet I heard. What's the trouble now, Dr. Black? I said, Cooper, did you think... Oh, oh, no, Doctor. Been hitting the bottle again, Dr. Black? Stop whispering! I haven't said anything. I haven't said anything. It was true. It was true. She hadn't spoken. I knew it. I knew it. So I said... Don't you lie to me. I heard you. You're drunk, little man. You are drunk. How dare you? I'm not drunk. How dare you say that? When I said not drunk, the face went white as if the blood in her head turned to water. Her mouth opened. She didn't say anything. And yet I heard. How did you know? I kept on hearing. I didn't speak. I didn't. She knows what I saw. Knows that I saw Dr. Black. What? What? I heard you. Doctor, 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 Yes, that voice. Yes, true. The thoughts in their minds. It is rushed into the room. Oh, Doctor. Yes. Dr. Drake, dear Doctor. Am I not? Dear Dr. Drake, I've been so impatient, Doctor. But the other things I was hearing. That little man. That little man. Oh, please, come to work. How long is it going? You know why. How long is it going? How long is it going? The voice is in my head. I said, No! Oh, I sat in my office, alone, all of them gone. I just sat. Madness. I sat in my office, afraid to think. Madness. Horrible words, frightening words. Even to think of it, that it wasn't true, it wasn't. Yes, my mind was strangely sensitized to what people thought. Why not? Why not? We did not talk it out. Yes, if I could tell someone, explain. Fred. Yes, Fred Kendall. Good old Fred. I called him. Yes, good old Fred. Hello? Is Dr. Kendall in? 
Yes, yes, I want to talk to him. Uh, Dr. Grayson, hurry. Hello. Fred? Uh, this is uh, Emily Grayson. Uh, look, listen, Fred, uh, come over right away. It's of the utmost importance. Yes, Good old Fred, best friend, sir. The good doctor didn't lose much money, not my class, but a good man, sensible, understanding. Well, Emily, <coughs> what is it? <laughs> Nothing too important, I hope. <laughs> a drink, Fred? I have a number of calls to make, Emily. Would you mind telling me that? Uh, yes, right? yes, yes, of course, Fred. I, I, I suppose I should preface it all with this. Uh, a school ever since... Uh, I've always had a great deal of respect for you. If I hadn't been able to do anything materially, it's only been through force of circumstances. All right, Dr. Ross. He said nothing. He said nothing. No, don't say that. What? What's the matter with you, Emily? I thought... Listen to me, Fred. Do you... Do you think it possible for a man uh, to say, Well, I, I have a patient. He believes he can hear the thoughts of people around him. Say what you're up to, Dr. Bluff. Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff. I heard him think it again, the same words the nurse. I said, Fred, are you listening to me? Why, of course I am. I get so excited about Dr. Bluff. Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff. Would he stop saying it? And why was he saying it? No, I didn't know the thought in his mind. Keep on talking, get his opinion. It wasn't madness, it wasn't. I had to know. Now, look here, Emily. This is my busy morning. I'm an unimportant practitioner, I know. But believe me, people are ill in my borough. I'm trying to tell you. This, uh, this patient, uh, as I was saying, thinks he hears voices. That is, the thoughts of people around him. You're even more stupid than I thought, Dr. Bluff. Even though paranoia, when you see it, paranoia. I heard him say it. No, it wasn't true. Not madness. I was hearing his thoughts. Same, and I was hearing his thoughts. Hello, did he say? Look, why think about me on this, Emily? I'm none of your gilded psychiatrists. Come to the point. Why did you send for me? Well, well, talk up, Doctor Bluff. What's up your dirty sleeve? Why? He waited for me to speak. I began thinking that if I kept talking about it, this patient hearing things in his head, he'd begin to suspect me. He'd think I was crazy. He'd go out and tell the people that... No. <laughs> you are clever, aren't you, Fred? Yes, yes. I, I, I had a rational reason for sending for you. Yes, indeed. I've, I've neglected you, Fred. I I want you to help me on an obstruction case. Good. Just see, Fred. I'll see that you get that. And all the time I kept talking to him, I could hear him thinking, Dr. Bluff, dear obnoxious, you thank no Dr. Bluff, you're in a jam. I know it. You want my help. Do you ever cure anything worse than a case of sniffles without help, Dr. Bluff? Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff. I could hear you. I could hear you, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff. How much last year? Forty, fifty thousand dollars. I make ten, you make fifty. If you're a pimple yet, Dr. Bluff, how's it to me? How soon do you start telling me how wonderful you are, Dr. Bluff? I began to realize he was making fun of me and his thoughts. But it couldn't be true. Not to heard. He, he, he respected me, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff, Dr. Bluff. No, no, that name. Why should he 
Why should Miss Cooper, why should they call me that name? Dr. Emery Seed Racing. Respected. Respected, Dr. Emery Seed Racing. Always respected. Office, Park Avenue. Listen, it is best in the city. Waiting list of people. Of course, of course, always respected. $9,53,359.42. $53,359.42. Yes. All that money paid to pay the money because it respected me. Yes. That's the fact. Dr. Bluff. Dr. Bluff. Where did you see that? He's jealous of me. <laughs> Some man was jealous of my success. <laughs> Telephone rang as I was sitting there. Medical association meeting at noon, Doctor. Just a reminder. Medical meeting at noon? Oh, yes, yes. I'd go there. Oh, my calling. Pleasant, charming. Doug Kendall was not upset me. His mighty jealousy upset me. I'd go to meeting. Calm down, I thought. <laughs> Poor, unsuccessful, thread with his grubby little orders and his grubby little patience. Let him be jealous. I had what I had. Money, position, respect. <laughs> Poor, jealous thread. Laughing at him, I almost forgot about the thoughts. I forgot until I went out of the office into the elevator. Going down, Doc? Went into the elevator. Only passenger. <laughs> Larceny, fat I wasn't sure that I heard. Say your hot stuff and injure on toenails, Doc. Twenty-five bucks a crack. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? He didn't know what I was yelling about. I thought I'd gone crazy. The street. My car at the curb. Chauffeur. My face must have shown my excitement. Chauffeur said. Is there something wrong, Doc? My girl is busy. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Riding down, so confused, everything so confused. But where they think of me that way? How dare they coop up there? Those women that are fooling the elevator, none of my ability important. How dare they talk like that? As he drove around, I realized I wasn't here himself. Ah, the hallucination broke. I was free I felt fine. What I've been enjoying. Oh, right, forget it, I told myself. Don't think about it. Got to the medical club. Late. Hurried into the room where the meeting was to be held. Room full of men. I'd call him. Oh, fine men. Substantial men. Best practices. Good freedom. Dr. Strauss and Dr. Ellingson and Dr. Edwards and Dr. Chester. Oh, all of the best men in town. No petty jealousies there. <laughs> Up the bracket, men. Fine men. I went in. Empty chair, Mr. Strauss. Good man. Practice worth 30,000 years. It's worth a cent. I said, He looked up at me. More glistening, clever eyes of man looking at me. I said, And then, something in my head. I heard. So can I help myself, Mr. Bluff? Dr. Bluff, I was hearing that it happened again. Give him talk. So are you standing there with your mouth open like a goldfish? Sit down, Dr. Bluff. Dr. Bluff, start to start Aloud, he said, Well, it isn't to your left there, Dr. Drake. Don't stand there. Sit down, Drake. You're too late to eat, but not late enough for the speaker. I couldn't speak. I sat down, looked around me. I could hear the memory of their voices, and above their voices, that other sound. <laughs> the thoughts in them, 
Someone got on the table called... Greetings, Dr. Bartman, good man, fine practice. How did these gentlemen come to lecture me, Dr. Bartman? I heard my voice say, fine, fine. Then I heard... Did you lose a hat for Dr. Bluff? Who held your hand while you did it, Dr. Bluff? Sure it was the council you took out, Dr. Bluff? Sure it wasn't the thyroid of the No. It couldn't be thinking like that of me. Not these men. Did your nurse operate for you? Mm-hmm. Going to write a book about it, Bluff, eh? Where now the funeral services, Dr. Bluff? Is it true you split the ears with your bushes? It's true. They were thinking that of me. And they stopped. The chairman, the speaker of the day. And so, gentlemen, I ask your attention for a few well-chosen words from our distinguished guests. The head of the Canadian Research Hospital is Dr. Franz Simmons. Dr. Jennings. Jennings, the man. Got up, caught my eye, smiled. I hardly heard him begin. In my head, yet the others have been taken. It couldn't be true. Gentlemen, this is the first time that I have addressed your luncheon club because, frankly, the medical profession, like most professions, is affected with too much thought and too little action. Too many medical men talk research, too few practice it. The result, as far as original work in the science of medicine is concerned, is that the sum total of research in this city is uh, smaller than the meat course to just serve me for lunch. <laughs> you men represent the elite of the medical profession in this community. The elite. Presumably, intellectually, as well as, uh, unfortunately, from a financial standpoint. I coupled the word financial with unfortunately because most of you, as soon as you started making money, substituted golf clubs for scalpers and tennis rackets for test tubes. few of you, therefore, I say, and those few know who they are, I say, spend a little time in between collecting fees and research. It may not pay off in duplex apartments, but believe me, you'll find satisfactions beyond price. Others of you here, well, I'm very happy for all of us that you do stay away from the laboratories. You are doctors the way a man is a salesman or a broker or a truck driver. So much time spent for so much money. You give a service and you're paid. And that is all. That is all right, then he looked down the long table at me. Others of you, you shouldn't have bothered becoming doctors. Floor walkers, yes. Managers of ladies' dress shops, yes. But not doctors. He's talking about Dr. Bluff. I heard someone think that. There is a place in the medical profession for both the idealists and for the materialists, but not for the incompetent fool, the thought who does not diagnose properly, nor does he cure. Yet, Hippocrates in all his glory never was more sanctimoniously self-important. Oh, Dr. Bluff, so help. Another one at the table thinking that. They squeeze through a medical education by the grace of God, a glib tongue, and soft-hearted examiners. They build up a practice by politics, charming manners, and a colossal ability to bluff. Dr. Bluff. 
Eventually, success. An interior decorated office on the best avenue, a streamlined office girl, and a vacuum mine. I tell you, gentlemen, I'm not laughing at me. No, they couldn't. Laughing at you. The speaker's so serious, listening to the speaker, but in their minds, laughing at me, all of them. At you, Emily Drake. I can the sound of my ears, tearing at me. They couldn't be doing I was about to say, why did they laugh? Stop laughing. I couldn't have stopped. I couldn't have stopped. I couldn't have stopped. Stop. 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 I can't hear it anymore. Don't try to 
too bad. No, no, I don't want to frighten you. It's gone. Gone again. And for good. I can't hear what, what people think. I know now I won't ever hear. Too bad. No, no, I won't frighten you. Believe me. Poor Daddy. Why do you say it? Daddy, I'm tired. Yes, I am tired. I am. It's been such a strange day. Poor Daddy. You, you like me? I like you very much. Why? Why? I don't like you. Mm-hmm. My birthday, my pretty birthday. Yes, yes, it is a pretty birthday. The story of the happy king. From the first picture, Daddy. Yes. Once upon a time, long ago, there lived a king, a very happy king. You have horses and boats and everything in the world. Daddy? Daddy? What? Did you have everything in the world? Everything? That's what the book says. Everything? Everything? What have you got, Daddy? I've got $53,439. Daddy? What did you say? I knew. I've got it. I've got it. I've got a book of fairy stories. Yeah. A book of fairy stories. And you.